Bill Show, and we are glad you're here today. Thank you so much. Welcome to all of you uh, on the network, our friends in La Crosse, Eau Claire, Wausau, Marshfield, everybody joining us, our friends at Menominee Marinette as well today, Shano, Clintonville, Platteville, Milwaukee, uh, all uh, good to have you on board. Uh, so I put the I, I put it out there because it was just an interesting discussion uh, regarding broadcasters that you kind of grew up with. So uh, if you've got some, shoot them to me. I, I thought uh, a lot of the answers that came across were were nostalgic and interesting. Um, a Chris Economaki. Oh boy, I remember Chris Economaki with uh, Rick with um, the uh, the Indy Five Hundred. That was his thing. Sports Machine has never been replaced either. I would agree with that. Yep, there's there's a lot of good ones. I remember the Sports Machine. That was late at night. That was late at night. Um, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, please feel free to go ahead and do so. You can find us over on Twitter, at Bill underscore Michaels. Follow me there, at Bill underscore Michaels, or at Ben Z. Kenny, producing the program. You can find us on Facebook, The Bill Michaels Show. Uh, follow us uh, via live stream. All, same thing over on YouTube. Listen to the program. Watch the program every day. Go to YouTube.com. Subscribe for free. Bill Michaels Show. YouTube.com. Bill Michaels Show. And you can find us there. Twitch TV as well. So uh, Randall Cobb comes into the OTAs. He's there. And obviously one of the concerns is the wide receiving core. But Randall Cobb says, look, I'm at the OTAs because I'm – I'm getting kind of kind of old. Take a take a listen. Yeah, I mean, I, I love playing football, and I know that I can't play forever, and I know that time is is dwindling, and uh, you know, I'm just trying to savor in the last little bit, of all of it that I can. I had no idea that Randall Cobb was only 31. Now I'm not going to act like he was 45. But I thought he was 34, 35. It seems like he's been around forever, doesn't it? It seems like he's just been around for a long time. I had no idea he was only 31. Oh, man. Uh, Randall Cobb, he did have a message, though, to the rookie wide receivers and guys like uh, Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs as well. Uh, just making sure that they understand that they have all the tools. Um, they're, they're all special. They wouldn't be here if they weren't. Um, he, he has the total package. I was just being around him for the past week and seeing the, some of the things that he can do. Uh, he, he has all the tools. He's very gifted. Uh, it's about applying it, taking the, the stuff that he learns in the classroom, taking it to the field. Um, you know, he, he has the tools. It's about refining those tools. And it, it takes time. Uh, it's not going to happen overnight, and that's what I was trying to tell him on our ride up earlier today. Um, it's, it's a process, and just enjoy the process and, and have fun with it. Uh, don't get so caught up in your head and uh, press and, and think that it's going to happen overnight because it never does. Interesting. And I sit here and I ask myself, Randall Cobb is there because – you know, he still has something to prove, but he's there because Aaron Rodgers wanted him there. That's his guy. Rodgers is not there. Cobb is. So what is Cobb doing 
And when you listen to the words, you know, you hope that he has that capability of film study, that he's a, a terrific teacher, a, you know, a, a film study 101 guru for the young guys coming into the NFL. But that's the kind of wisdom imparting from one veteran player to a young rookie player you want. Here's certain things to remember. Here's certain things to keep in the back of your mind. Okay? You're here for a reason. It's, it's not, it, you, you've got to prove things, but now it's about focusing your skill. Now you're a pro. All that kind of stuff. Interesting. So what does Randall Cobb at the age of 31, specifically, what does he work on? Because he pretty much knows it at this point, but what does he work on when he gets to the OTAs? What do I come out here and work on? Um, the same things I just told you. Uh, it's, it's, it's not about um, doing 100 things well. It's about doing 5 or 10 really good. And, and I make sure that I come out and continue to, to push myself and, and to work hard and to make sure that I'm creating the standard. Uh, I think that's the most important thing for myself uh, and why I'm here is to create that standard for, for two young guys that's coming in uh, so they know what's expected and, and how we do things. There you go. It's not about doing all those things well. It's about doing 10 or 10 things, 12 things, really good. You don't have to do everything. Just do a few things really, really well, and then continue to get better from there. Um, but like I said, I mean, it, it's for Randall Cobb. He's a veteran. He doesn't have to worry about, you know, his route running at this point. I mean, he knows what to do, you know, and it's whether or not you actually do it. Or maybe there's a new technique or something that he wants to work on a coach with. But um, but, but in, in, just interesting input. Just interesting input. At that point. Um, then he was asked specifically because obviously Aaron Rodgers is not there. So it was put to him as Jordan Love, you know, now that he's seeing him again, is Jordan Love, does he does he carry? It's one thing when you come in as the wide-eyed quarterback trying to learn. And then you've got all the off-season drama and Aaron Rodgers is coming back and it's like a big Aaron Rodgers ass-kiss reunion last year. This year, Rodgers isn't there, but you know that Rodgers is the man, okay? But it's Jordan Love walking through the door going, I got this. Is he more confident? Yeah, I think the confidence is there. Um, you know, just, just watching him uh, process things a little bit quicker than he was before. Um you know, I've always thought he throws a, a great ball, uh, but it's about doing it with a defense in front of you and putting it in tight windows. And uh, you need OTAs for that. You need OTAs for those looks. Uh, so he gets more comfortable with going up against defenses. Um, and, you know, not just as a scout team quarterback, but, you know, having O-line in front of you and, and running back and receivers out there with you. How about that? How about that? Uh, now, he didn't say... He doesn't do that well. But those are the things that I've been talking about. You know, Randall Cobb said, I always thought he threw a great ball. He probably does. I mean, every quarterback standing at the end of an end zone with nobody in front of him, trying to wing a 40-yarder out, out to a wide receiver, tossing a nice arc, that's easy. Always, always thought he threw a great ball. But, as he states... It's about getting it into a tight window. It's about doing it against the defense. It's about, you know, so in other words, the things that he just doesn't do well, this is what he needs. And maybe I'm running cliff notes uh, a little bit harsher maybe than what Randall Cobb meant, but 
Uh, I again, I don't hear. It's what you don't hear. I don't hear anything. Ben, have we heard anything that tells us Jordan Love's a good quarterback? No, none. Has anybody said, you know, boy, I, I tell you what, uh, I know Aaron's our guy, but when this guy gets his opportunity, he's going to be great. No. Has anybody ever said that? No, and I think even the lack of trade buzz around it tells us enough. Yeah. Nobody's ever said that. I mean, I remember people saying that about Aaron Rodgers. Now, Aaron didn't get off to this unbelievable start, and he wasn't like some kind of a, a matrix savant at the line of scrimmage the first day he took snaps under center. But you saw it consistently in practice. Guys were always saying, hey, this guy, this guy's going to be good. This guy just does things, man. He does things that scout team quarterbacks haven't done before. You know, he was beating the number one defense consistently. Nobody's saying that about Jordan Love. I mean, I, I hate to jump on that bandwagon, but nobody's saying that. Meanwhile, Randall Cobb, uh, Matt LaFleur had said, uh, talked about more veterans being at the OTAs and, and better and more competitive, uh, the meetings and the practices and, and, and creating that level of competition within their own camp. And uh, Randall Cobb reacts to that. Yeah, that's always the case. Uh, we're a very competitive group of people. Uh, our athletes are. If you ever played a game, uh, the way that we play it, it's, it's a certain level that you want to do it at. And when you want to go against the best, when the best is there, you, you, you know, you, you, you kind of rise up to the challenge a little bit more. So uh, that, that's always the case. And, you know, with this entire offseason program that we doing, that we were doing, it, it was that was all it was about. It's about the, the mental process of being able to come out every day and not just show up and be here, but excel and, and push each other uh, as a group, uh, we, we know that as the more that we are connected together and the more we're willing to play for each other, the more it's going to mean in the end. So I get it. It's it, To me, it's all that the Cliff Notes version of that is basically it's all about the camaraderie. It's all about the competition we place on one another, and it's all about holding others accountable in the camaraderie. That's it. That's it. So now, speaking of that and about giving you a different level of competition for I think it's the third straight year, you are going to get a joint practice. This time it's going to be the New Orleans Saints. They're coming to town for a, a, a preseason game. And the couple of practices prior to that uh, is are going to be uh, joint practices between the Saints and the Packers. Now, Malafleur loves it. He feels that's legit competition for his veterans, so therefore they don't have to play as much in pre or at all in the preseason. Randall Cobb, then went on to expound upon the thought of joint practices against the Saints this summer. I think this is my first time, maybe second time. I don't really care for it one way or another. Uh, I, I go out and play football, go out and have fun when I do it. And uh, whether it's against my teammates or uh, against another team, uh, you know, things can tend to get more, a little more chippy when it's another team. But as long as you got your brothers protected, that's all that matters. So can those joint practices, uh, do they kind of turn things up a notch competition-wise and energy-wise for the guys that are actually there in camp? Yeah, you can get a little bit of taste of it um, with uh, joint practice. Um, but, but really, it's when you turn those lights on and you in Lambeau Field, when you go on the road and you want in one of these stadiums, that's, that's where the real players come out and play. Uh, when the lights go on, it's different from being at practice and having a script and knowing what plays coming and studying for those plays. It's, it's different when you get out on the field. So um, that's where you find out who's who. 
And last but not least, uh, Randall Cobb, um, you know, and this is what I want to talk about because I think myself and many uh, of the national experts, so to speak, when it comes to the NFL, have talked about life after Devontae and whether or not this Packers team uh, is they are they going to even have close to the same level of weaponry as they have had in the past with Devontae Adams. And Randall Cobb talks about this team taking a step back. I really don't care. I've been doubted my whole life. You think I care? Yeah, I wouldn't be here. You know, people people didn't want me here. I'm here. You know, people didn't want me in the league. I'm here. People didn't want me on the Packers. I'm here. You know what I mean? People didn't want me traded back here. I'm here. I don't care about what anybody got to say. I'm going to go out and do what I'm supposed to do and have fun, put a smile on my face, and, and try to win some games. There you go. There you go. Um, I mean, that's kind of the, the attitude you got to take is I don't care. I don't care what people are saying about us. I don't care if they think I belong here or not. I don't care if they wanted me back here or not. I don't care if they I'm only here because of Aaron Rodgers. I don't care if they think our wide receiving course stinks. I don't care. You know, that's what you have to say. That's the now whether you believe it or not, that's another thing. But that's what you have to say. That's the attitude you have to have. Is I, I don't care. I don't care. Doesn't matter. I'm going to go out and do the best I can. I'm I'm going to be me and worry about the things we can control. And that's probably the message from Matt Lafleur inside the walls of 1265 as well. But I want to talk about that because I want to look at this in a grand picture as a whole. Because the question was to Randall Cobb, do you think your reaction to the experts who say that without Devontae Adams or Marquez Valdez-Scantling, the Green Bay Packers offensively will take a step back this season? Do you think that? 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Because I think that's a very fair question. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at the Social House, H-A-U-S, uh, on Lisbon Road in Menominee Falls. It is up. It is running. It's reopened. The grand reopening was last weekend. Tremendous, tremendous place. Really good food. They expanded the menu. They expanded the kitchen. They're doing a lot more things. And they have a tremendous Bloody Mary there as well, if you're going to head over there on Sundays. And pancakes with a mixed beverage are back. So you stop in there on a Sunday morning, you get your breakfast, and if you get a mixed cocktail, oh, yeah, free pancakes. How about that? Good, 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 good stuff. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Bill Michael Show, hour number three. We carry on. Uh, coming up in the last hour of the program, we're going to be talking with Mike Clemens a little bit. Uh, talk with him about the Packers OTAs about an hour and a half from now, so stay tuned for that. Now we're joined by Seth Part now, and uh, we're going to be talking a little uh, NBA as uh, the NBA continues on. 
And we've got uh, two teams to, coming up tonight, uh, obviously one with their backs against the wall, and then Golden State trying to close things out. Back in San Francisco, last night we witnessed the Celtics get a monumental turnaround in the second half of that game to knock off the Heat. They're trying to close things out tomorrow night back in Boston. Seth now joining us online. Seth, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you. So, first of all, give me uh, give me your thoughts on. I, I want to go back to the Bucks. Bucks ended up ending their season, as we all know. And uh, the, the first thing that comes to mind is everybody says, "Well, you need another shooter. You need a defender." The perimeter defense wasn't great. And I'm like, "Whoa, wait a minute." Had you had a healthy Chris Middleton, things might have ended up a little bit different. Do you do you kind of look at it that way? I mean, the, the, uh, it's funny that people look at the defense of that series because the defense wasn't the problem. The problem was the half court offense. Um, they were they were well below their season average. They've been a a uh, above average to very good half court offensive team throughout the the Bud era. And this season, even with the the sort of the personnel weirdness all season, they were as well. Then without Middleton against the best defensive team in the league, they struggled. They were they were in in several games of that series. They were under you know 0.8 points per half court chance. The averages are is you know in the eight in the 0.8s or nines. It's hard to win games if you can't score in the half court. And, you know, Chris Middleton is is possibly their most reliable half court creator. So would, would he have made a difference to that? Yeah, I think so. Um, did they win the series with that? I don't know. But, like, the, the series is certainly different, and their offense is better uh, with him. So that, that's point one. Like, on the other hand, this is something that always comes up. Like, you're always looking to get better. So there's other things that, that you're saying they could add. They should still look to add those, but also Chris Middleton being healthy would have been the most important thing. Right. I completely agree. So had Middleton been there, I feel things would be different than you would have had, not to so much to rely upon the shooters you were relying upon, but more so some of the bigger buckets, some of the ball handling skills and such, the lack of turnovers that Chris Middleton normally would have provided. I think things would have been would have been different. So moving forward and seeing what the Celtics have done, I mean, I give them all the credit in the world because what we saw them do against Brooklyn, albeit at times it's ebbed and flowed, the three-point shooting has been consistent for them, and they may take a half off like they did last night. But that's that's one of the best shooting teams that, that short of maybe, you know, Steph Curry over in Golden State, that's one of the best shooting teams left in the game, right? I mean, I think they've been they've been the best team in the NBA since since the turn of the new year. And they've kind of they've kind of shown why. Both they have they have shooting, they have shot creation from, from Tatum and Brown, and they have you know, they have one of the if I think the best defensive team in the league. So and they're they're kind of showing that. And the other side that they're also showing is they have quarters and halves where they kind of forget how to handle the ball. And those are the quarters that like the first half last night that, that are that are ugly bordering on unwatchable. When you talk about the uh, the defensive side, um, I, and I agree with you, I think Boston is a tremendous defensive team. They get a lot in transition as well off of their defense. How much, because the, the Bucks were a good defensive team, they weren't a great defensive team. They were better last year than they were this past season. So how much does defense, because all we talk about is a shooter and somebody that can defend a little bit beyond the perimeter, how much are we seeing defense play into this postseason? Um, as always, uh, it, it, it's a tremendous factor. Um, I think that that you know you, you mentioned the Bucks missing Chris Middleton. I think if we're talking about the Bucks defense, certainly over the course of the season, and we saw this in the playoffs. I think I think an available and healthy Brooke Lopez for for much of the season does a lot to to change sort of that as well. So it's it's uh, 
defense is very important. The thing that, that often gets overemphasized is that if there's only one particular style, um, you know, everyone wants to have a switching defense and, and all that, but I think the Bucks have a very good championship level defense that can do other things as well. So it's it's a matter of having a good enough defense to fit the personnel you have. Um, and obviously, like Boston has has tailor made their scheme and personnel to be something pretty special. I would expect, although if I would be betting money, I'd probably be broke by now and homeless throughout this series. But I, I kind of think that tomorrow night Boston finally gets that stamp where they say, okay, we're done. And they get it at home tomorrow night. I see they're posting about loud and, and proud, you know, people coming out tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, tell me, because without, to me, without Tyler Hero, uh, the Heat just don't have that same ability to keep up, so to speak. Uh, you know, without Tyler Hero, do the Boston Celtics close it out tomorrow night? I think so. I think you, you could see, if you were watching last night, you could kind of see, even just coming out of halftime, the, the, whatever was going on that had their offense kind of just in the mud, not just from a, from a you know, scoring standpoint, but from a process standpoint, started the second half, was like, oh, okay, this is what Boston looks like. And you kind of felt the game was only going one way from there. And, you know, barring another kind of Herculean Jimmy Butler performance, it's, it is hard to see Miami keeping up. If, if Boston just kind of performs at the level they're, they're, they're capable of offensively. Tonight we've got uh, the Golden State Warriors trying to close things out. And, and I, if the statistic is correct, or if I'm wrong, please correct me, but six out of the last eight NBA finals Golden State has been in, correct? I think about that. Uh, five of seven, I think. Five um, of seven. Okay, if they win tonight, yeah. then it would be six be of six eight. eight. Yeah. So I, I just, I, which is mind-numbing because we keep talking about the Bucks trying to get there and they went to the Eastern Conference Finals a few years ago, then they lost in the bubble, then they finally won a championship. They don't get back to the Eastern Conference Finals again this year. What has made Golden State such a staple, such a mainstay? Um, I mean, you start with talent. I mean, they have, depending on, on what you think of the case of someone like an Andre Iguodala, they've had, you know, five Hall of Famers. Uh, it, you know, on, on the court at once. So um, that helps. Um, and obviously having, you know, the two of the very short list of best shooters of all time helps having perhaps the most, the player most equipped to play playoff defense in the modern era in Draymond Green helps. So I think, if, I mean, this year's team is probably not at the same level as those those previous fives, the one that that, that uh, the ones that played the Cavs all those years and then lost to the Raptors. But that was that was I mean the, the, that that run both before and after adding Kevin Durant, that's one of the the very short list of best teams of all time. So I, uh, I we, think that that's yeah, yeah. When when and I agree. I it was it was a tremendous team. I we keep talking about the best player in the planet. I hear it all the time about Giannis and what he can do and. 100 out of 100 votes, and he's he's the the best in the NBA. How? But I look at Steph Curry and what he does and what he means to that team. If Steph's not in there, they're not winning it. If Steph is in there, they're winning it. And he just seems to be able to shoot them at any point in time from any point on the floor into prominence. Are we overlooking Steph Curry every time people want to bring up the best player on the planet moniker? Shouldn't it belong to Steph Curry? I think there's a short list of players that given the right sort of platform to work from, it could be any one of on a given day. I mean, if you wanted to argue it was Nikola Jokic 
or Kevin Durant. I, I, I think those are, those are other plausible names you could, you could put in there as well. And I think that uh, right now, Golden State with, with their defense, with, you know, uh, Draymond Green's playmaking with, with some of the other uh, offensive talent they have and players like Jordan Poole, they, they're giving the platform for when Steph is good, they win because they have the talent around him that he doesn't need to drag them just to be competitive in a game. And I think the flip side of that is, you know, without Middleton on the floor, that was a situation Giannis was in, and we kind of saw it in second half of game seven where he it wasn't quite enough and he ran out of gas. But if you give him that platform with, you know, Middleton there, I think you look, you, do, you don't have to go back that far. You look at, back at last year's finals, and certainly after game six of last year's finals, you would have said Giannis is the best player on the planet, wouldn't you? Yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, I just I, I just look at the longevity of what he brings to the table, what Steph brings to the table, and it's just like, you know, wow. I mean, I think any team would kill to have that guy being being running your point and being able to shoot from the outside. We're talking with Seth Part now. Uh, yeah, at Anchorage Man over on Twitter, uh, covering the NBA and the Bucks uh, for the Athletics. So let's talk about what we believe to be is going to be the finals. And you've got a historic team in Boston. Uh, I believe they're going to end up there. And then obviously a more recent historic team in Golden State. Who do we give the edge to? Because both of these teams can shoot and both of these teams can play defense. With the caveat that Boston has several key players and they play a pretty short rotation, they have several key players who are, you know, banged up. Marcus Smart has had, you know, foot and ankle and knee and uh, I'm sure other body part stuff. Um, Robert Williams had knee surgery like, like two months ago. Uh, Jason Tatum is dealing with kind of a shoulder thing. Aside from kind of those worries about those players being less effective or missing games, I think it's advantage Boston, but you can't overlook the fact that, you know, the, the Golden State will not be the moment will not get to Golden State. I think you know if you've been to the finals six times in eight years, there's some corporate knowledge there that uh, is very helpful. The uh, obviously it, we're all going to be watching and paying attention to it because you have a storied franchise from the East Coast and a storied franchise from the West Coast. Is this the NBA's short of having the Lakers in it? Is this the NBA's probably one of their best matchups? I mean, I think it's it both for that and also it's kind of a matchup of sort of, uh, you know, an existing, you know, shortlist best player uh, guy and stuff. And in Jason Tatum, a player who is, is perhaps, you know, ascending to that. I think that just from a, a storytelling standpoint, that's uh, that's never a bad thing to have kind of the the uh, the old master and the, and the young upstart going against each other. Uh, that's that's both good in the in the short term and uh, potentially in the long term. If it, you know if if Tatum if Boston gets there and Tatum performs well, that's that that sort of sets the table for the next you know decade of 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 star. If if, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. I completely concur. Um, there is a lot of talk, obviously, about the Bucks possibly losing the assistant Darvin Ham and going to the Lakers. What do you think the likelihood is that he gets offered the Lakers job? Uh, I, you know, I'm not sure what the likelihood is. I, you know, from having having worked with Darwin for a year, I, I think he'd be a great hire for any team that, that that wanted to. In terms of someone who, both from a, a tactical X's and O's standpoint, but also, and this is un, under underappreciated, I think, from the outside, someone who can work with people uh, from all levels of an organization to get them all on the same level, whether it's. You know, to commanding respect from players, to interacting with front office, to talking.
talking to scouts and, and you know analytics folks about what what they can they can offer. I, I think he's absolutely first rate uh, in all of those things. Yeah, I, uh, I as much as I want to see him get a head coaching job, and I think he's very much deserving. I also would hate to see him leave Milwaukee been such a staple here and he's been so good obviously behind coach but seth always uh, good to talk to you man i certainly appreciate it okay thanks for having me all right buddy talk to you soon seth Bart. now you can find his stuff at anchorage man at anchorage man over on uh, twitter and also covers the nba and the bucks for the athletic joining us for a couple of minutes on the hotline 877-867-1670 if you want to hit us up feel free our friends at pillow windows and doors of wisconsin want to remind you that, first and foremost, remember what Memorial Day is all about. It's reminding you to honor those that have fallen, and that's what Memorial Day is. It is not, hey, have a happy Memorial Day. It's not, that's not it, and we need to remember that, uh, understand what Memorial Day is all about. Uh, but as you are looking now, you are looking live outside of one of the Pella windows and doors of Wisconsin windows that I have here in the studio that looks down onto my patio, and I'm here to remind you that they are the hometown team. Year-round, Pella Winners and Doors of Wisconsin, the dead of winter, the heat of summer, everything in between, they get it done. I keep them here in my house. Uh, I love them. As a matter of fact, the last, the very last patio door is about to be redone, and it's been ordered, they've measured, it's being custom manufactured, and then it'll be custom assembled and then custom installed, and my house will be complete. And so why settle for others? Uh, you know, one or two lines of windows and they don't offer you the same color interior or exterior or anything. It's just the, you know, white or beige. I mean, that's pretty much it. Uh, when, when Pella, they offer everything. They have two lines of vinyl windows, one uh, line of an impervia, which is stronger than fiberglass, and then three lines of the luxurious wood windows. I mean, these things are fantastic. I've been preaching their praises for years, and every bit of it is 100% true. Uh, Right now, they got financing to fit any budget. You can choose up to $2,500 off an installed patio door, three grand off an installed entry door, and you don't want to put it off because the heat's going to get here, and you're going to say, oh, my God, why is it so hot in the house? Well, because your doors and windows are leaking, or they don't repel that heat, or vice versa come wintertime. So get a, get a hold of somebody from Pella right now. Get those economical doors and windows in your home and start saving today. And you can do it with a very friendly budget when it comes to uh, different abilities to finance. So get a hold of them. Uh, PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com. Or call them 855-PELLA-WI. That's 855 855- Pella WI, you will not go wrong. These beautiful doors and windows, I love them. And uh, whenever I have somebody in my house that asks about them, I always say, go open the doors. Pick one. Go open it. You can do it with a finger. They just move real easy, but they're big, solid doors. They keep the heat out and the cold out in the different seasons, and they keep you cozy and comfortable inside. Go to PellaWI.com. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.